The American, un-American, American women's soccer team played this week and were an embarrassment. Representative Dan Crenshaw from Texas has to prove he's a patriot, and he does it in a, the most unusual way. Sarah Sanders, by far my most favorite press secretary of all time, resigns, and it was the anniversary of one of the greatest speeches in American history. It's been an awesome news week. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I love soccer. I've been, I played for 18 years when I was young. So when the FIFA World Cup comes around, I'm transfixed for a month. Even if it's the women's team, it doesn't really matter. I just love watching them play. And I actually do like the women when they play. Uh, they're not as fast. They're not as skilled. It's not quite as violent, but it's just as exciting. Uh, the last men's World Cup sucked. The U.S. didn't make it. That was disappointing. But I watched it anyway. Now the women are playing, and and U.S. women's soccer is far more has been far more successful. They've won the World Cup four times and are defending champions. Contrary to one, uh, what one might think, I'm a little wary of rooting for them this year. Uh, and after the first game against Thailand, I almost hope they lose. I really don't want them to go any further. Though I don't want France to win. I'm just not a fan of France. But I digress. You may be asking why I'm not cheering for the women's team. Well, there are actually three reasons. Uh, the first reason is the team decided to file a lawsuit against the United States Soccer Federation. Their complaint says that the team is suffering from gender discrimination because they don't get paid as much as the men's teams do. This is stupid. The lawsuit is all based on that, this woke principles of equalization. And the woke principles are so twisted, it's not even funny. There is a reason women's sports, all of them, are paid less than the men's sports. Men's sports make more money. The Men's World Cup last year made $4 billion, while the Women's World Cup only made $75 million. The Women's World Cup team, though the best in the women's international competition, could never compete against the men's international team. They're just not that good. Heck, they lost to a U15. That is a boys team. All the boys are 15 or under from Texas by a score of 5-2. to two. Yes, people will say, well, it was just a friendly. It doesn't matter. They, they lost. It's embarrassing. And they're not the first teams to have actually gone against men's teams and gotten killed. There is a reason no major professional sports leagues are for women. There aren't any. Yes, they all fail. They never make it. They've even tried to create... Um, soccer teams, women's soccer leagues, and they've just never made it. Whereas the MLS for the men has actually been pretty good for the last 10 years. They've been actually in the black for the last 10 years. I know there's the WNBA, but the WNBA is being financed by the NBA. So, and it's been in the red since uh, the whole thing started. I remember going to a WNBA game. There was nobody there. And I went to a t I went to go see um, whatever the Los Angeles team's name is. Uh, I went to go see them, and uh, they were the world champions that year. 
Men's sports are just more exciting to watch. They're stronger, faster, more aggressive. Women's sports, not so much. Even women, like uh, the tennis pro, even female tennis pros acknowledge that, um, I can't remember her name, Serena Williams, who is the top women's player, even Serena Williams realizes she could never compete with the men. In fact, she'd probably be around 200, 250th, 300 ranking if she actually competed in the men's, in the men's divisions. Uh, the other reason is because that woke, because of woke scold Megan Rapinoe. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Apparently, she hates Donald Trump so much that she refuses to stand for the national anthem. Well, she did refuse to stand for the national anthem until the uh, soccer coach, her coach, said she had to stand for the national anthem. But she decided, well, okay, but I'm not going to sing and I'm not going to put my hand over my heart. Fine. She made it clear that um, she was inspired by that other idiot and now irrelevant Colin Kaepernick, who refused to stand and would actually kneel for political correctness, or what was it? Uh, uh, racism is his big thing. What's really embarrassing is watching all of the other countries, all of them, all of the players have their hands on their chests and are singing their national anthems. I mean, we're talking some of these countries are real crap hole countries. And the only country, the only country that seems to disrespect the country is our own United States team. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. This woman who has played soccer her entire life has had and has the privilege to represent our country refuses to acknowledge her country. She's never had a real job. All she does is play soccer and make money. That's all she does. I personally... Another thing I'm disgusted is that these young people think that one man represents our country. Donald Trump is not the United States. His presidency will be over in the blink of an eye. The history of the United States will just look at his short eight-year reign, and yeah, I do think he's going to win another term, but he'll, they'll look at his short eight-year reign and say, okay, he did what he did. When I hear the na <coughs> national anthem, <coughs> I don't think of Donald Trump. I think of the soldiers out there protecting us and the wars that we are fighting to uh, for, for, uh, uh, for justice. I think of all the good we've done. I also think of all the mistakes we've made and we've corrected. Yes, we've had slavery. Yes, we had Dred Scott. But we knew what was right. We were such a good country, we were able to overcome those evils. I think the most power civilization I think I think of the most powerful civilization and community that cares for those who aren't part of our community. When tidal waves hit Indonesia, who donated billions of dollars? When Mexico City had a huge earthquake that killed thousands, who donated billions of dollars? And I mean donated. People actually pulled money out of their wallets and gave it. This wasn't just the United States government giving money. This gal just disgusts me. She should move to a country that she thinks is awesome and see how awesome other countries really are compared to us. 
she definitely shouldn't be representing the United States. Finally, what the United States team did to Thailand on Tuesday was just tacky. I understand the goal differential is a thing when they try and determine the best team in their group, but 13 goals? They scored, they scored six in like 15 minutes. Did they really need to do that? They needed to, did they really need to thoroughly embarrass that country that way? Poor Thailand. The Thai players were on the field crying during the game. You'd think maybe the goal differential thing might have been a moot point after about nine goals, considering the average goal scoring is like two or three. This is bat soccer, not basketball. These guys did not need to run up the score like they did, and they didn't need to celebrate like crazy every time they scored a goal. One gal, and then I, I kept hearing, oh, well, yeah, but, but one gal, these people, they first international goal, that's great, that's great. One gal had five goals. So let's not get crazy and say that these people haven't scored before. I'm disgusted with this team. I hope they lose. <laughs> Looking at them, they won today. Uh, 3 nothing over Chile. They probably won't, but it really is just, it's disgusting. Um, and the next story, I love Twitter. Um, there are always weird little wars between people and Twitter, people that would normally never see each other or never talk to each other. In this case, uh, one was started last week between a New York Times writer and Representative Dan Crenshaw, who's a Republican from Texas. Apparently, Wajahat Ali, an opinion writer for the New York Times, posted it in a tweet, quote, anytime a Republican says that they are, quote, patriots, end quote, ask them if they voted for, to fund the 9-11 Victims Compensation Fund. You know who's for it? Ilhan Omar. You know who hasn't sponsored it? Dan Crenshaw. At Dan Crenshaw, Texas, I hope you do the right thing. If not, why aren't you? Now, there's just a small problem with this tweet. Dan Cranshaw is the co-sponsor for the bill. He is sponsoring the bill. And as far as being less patriotic than Ilhan Omar, <laughs> well, you have to see what he tweeted back at, at this journalist. And I use air quotes when I talk journalist. Hey, journalist. Hey, quote, journalist. End quote. Maybe you should check your facts. I'm a co-sponsor. Co nice try, though. And included in the tweet, in order to really push that he is a patriot, he has a picture of his skull and his missing eye. Uh, Crenshaw lost his eye back in... You may know this already, but Crenshaw lost his eye in Afghanistan uh, when, he, when an improvised explosive device or IED went off. He was a Navy SEAL and he performed two overseas tours before actually retiring as a lieutenant colonel, uh, lieutenant commander. Ali deleted the tweet. Uh, the uh, actual journalist, he deleted the tweet when he was corrected by Crenshaw. And I bet you he will never, never go after Dan Crenshaw again. The story is a little more than just a humorous, a humorous anecdote. It is a metaphor for how the left and right debate. The left will always make things up and try to convince the world that their lies are true. But the right has the truth on their side. We, so we can't lose. 
in the old days, the right would just go along with the crap and simply deny the stories. Now the right is beginning to attack. They're beginning to push back, which is something they needed to do during the Bush administration. Reagan was famous for pushing back against the press. And that's why Trump is so popular. People call him a traitor, racist, sexist, bigot, misogynist, criminal, and a business failure. He has no fear of blasting these critics. We should learn from this. We should stand our ground when it comes to standing on our beliefs. Someone sits there and tells me I have no right to uh, be against abortion because I'm a man. I slam them with the facts. Because the reality is, truth is on my side. And just because I don't believe in evil doesn't mean I shouldn't have a say. When they start getting personal, like that, this idiot from the New York Times, I know I've won. I don't mind when people get personal with me. And I will just dismiss them like the maggots they are. In another story, a really big story, uh, Sarah Sanders is leaving as press secretary for the president. This makes me really sad. I really thought she was an awesome press secretary. In fact, she's probably been my all-time favorite. She had the most difficult job in the world. She's dealing with an insanely aggressive and vicious press defending her unstable boss who says and tweets the dumbest things on a daily basis. I loved watching her speak. She's a mixture of grace, intelligence, and viciousness. All needed, all needed, she's everything that is needed in a press secretary. Here are some best moments from the video, The Daily Caller. I'm going to play the entire video because it's actually really good. That's absurd. The president's focused on actually doing his job. It'd be nice if some of the Democrats showed up to do theirs. I guess it's kind of like they're living in the twilight zone. They do this day after day after day, and then uh, the president responds and defends himself, and everybody is appalled and blown away. The former vice president is expected to kind of lay into not only the president, but the administration and the events of the last two years. Will the president respond directly to Biden? Uh, I'm not sure uh, about that. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens on that front, but I think Joe Biden has a lot of questions he needs to answer himself. The idea that he would say that the president uh, poses any type of threat is truly laughable considering he was part of the administration that allowed Russia to interfere in our election. He was part of the administration that allowed Iran to uh, continue to flourish. They gave uh, $1.8 billion to help fund Iran and their continued bad behavior. They allowed China to continue to grow, North Korea. Uh, if anything, I think he's got a lot of explaining to do, and I think that you guys should be asking him those questions. Certainly not the president, who's had unprecedented success in each of those areas, and has actually been tough on combating the problems, particularly across the globe and on the foreign policy standpoint. Okay, I lied. I didn't play the entire video because it was really long. It was about five minutes long. If you go to uh, if you go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, you can see the entire video. Um, but I'm really going to miss her. She, I think she's just so much fun. And when they were doing daily press conferences, 
I would just love to, I, I just loved uh, listening to her. So I, I don't know who they're going to get now, but I think it's, it's going to be a hurt, hurtful day. Very sad week. Now let's go on to something really inspiring. I usually like to start off a podcast, you know, about something that really ticks me off. That's why I went with the uh, U.S. women's team. But this time, this is something that really is inspiring, and it gives me goose flesh every time I, I hear it, and simply because I was there. I, I, I actually heard the speech. On June 12, 1987, Ronald Reagan made one of the most powerful and emotional speeches in the history of the United States. It was in West Berlin, in West Germany. Many of my younger listeners may not be aware that the Soviet Union, which is known as Russia today, occupied half of Germany. Separating the two countries was a huge wall. Anyone who tried to get over that wall and get into West Germany was shot by the Russians, or the East Germans. This was part of the Cold War between the United States and the Soviet Union a lot of you folks hear about. The United States uh, was booming economically, and we continued to build up our defense. We built our nuclear arsenal. We built out our air force. We were even looking to arm ourselves in space. Uh, that was the plan known as Star Wars. The Soviet Union, which was not economically stable, tried to keep up, but they couldn't. Mikhail Gorbachev, the general secretary of the Communist Party, was in trouble and he knew it. Reagan decided it was time to put the nail in the coffin of the Soviet Union, and he, and he uh, did this speech to try and tell Mikhail Gorbachev, okay, this is what you need to do. And now, now the Soviets themselves may in a limited way be coming to understand the importance of freedom. We hear much from Moscow about a new policy of reform and openness. Some political prisoners have been released. Certain foreign news broadcasts are no longer being jammed. Some economic enterprises have been permitted to operate with greater freedom from state control. Are these the beginnings of profound changes in the Soviet state, or are they token gestures intended to raise false hopes in the West or to strengthen the Soviet system without changing it? We welcome change and openness. For we believe that freedom and security go together. That the advance of human liberty, the advance of human liberty can only strengthen the cause of world peace. There is one sign the Soviets can make that would be unmistakable, that would advance dramatically the cause of freedom and peace. General Secretary Gorbachev, if you seek peace, if you seek prosperity for the Soviet Union and Eastern Europe, if you seek liberalization, come here to this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. 
Yeah, it happened again. Got goose goose flesh. It was truly one of the greatest speeches of the 20th century and definitely one of the greatest speeches in the history of the United States. The 1980s, those were some years. Um, from the Reagan administration to the United States hockey team winning the gold medal in Lake Placid. It was just the 1984 uh, Olympics in Los Angeles. It was truly an absolutely incredible decade. And I hope to God this country has, I pray to God, that this country has a few more of those decades left. Well, I hope you enjoyed tonight. Uh, this was a, a quick one, but a goodie. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. And you can visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, where I actually wrote a lot of the uh, a lot of the articles. Will actually mimic the uh, will mimic uh, the the what we talked about in this podcast. Um, you can download my podcast at iTunes, Podbeam, and Podcast Attic, and you can actually watch it on YouTube. You can listen to it on YouTube. You folks have a great night. This was Gene, and you just listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>